Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This series is on the parables of Jesus. A terrific companion to this teaching is Kevin's best-selling book, Mystery Parables of the Kingdom, available in paperback, hardcover, and ebook formats from Amazon in your area, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. Bibles tonight to a very peculiar parable, and this is parable number nine. So let's uh, turn our Bibles uh, to the Gospel of Matthew again. How many really feel you've been getting something out of these parables? And that just helped you to understand the kingdom of God more. So Matthew chapter 20. So let's uh, pray again, and let's all just agree together that the Lord will quicken us, because not only do I, I need quickening, but all of us as hearers need quickening too. Uh, the Lord, I have to pray continually, Lord, that the Lord will just touch my lips and my mind, that I'll think clear and straight and just uh, have some unction in the function. And uh, also it has to be on the hearers too, otherwise there's a communication gap between you and me if our ears are not uh, quickened. And so we need our, my lips to be quickened, your ears to be quickened. Can we say amen? amen. So let's uh, just hold our Bible in our hand. Father, we just come to you at this moment, and we always come uh, in dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Uh, we realize, Lord, this is your word, this is you speaking to us, and the letter kills, but that the Spirit gives life. And the Spirit uh, gives life to the letter of the word and makes it a living word. The words that uh, you spoke were spirit and life. We pray, Lord, that the words we speak tonight will be spirit and life, and that the spirit will give life to the words. Lord, I'm, I'm always conscious of this, otherwise it's just words, but I pray that the spirit will give life to the words. Help me, Lord, and help us as hearers uh, to bridge the communication gap, and that our ears will be touched with the oil, and my, uh, my mind and my lips will be touched, Lord, and we'll just bridge the communication gap, and we'll receive from this parable what you want us to receive tonight. We ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Now, Matthew chapter 20, and for those of you taking down notes, we're going to read right at verses 1 through to 16, but I'll come back as uh, I sort of introduce this peculiar parable. Uh, when Matthew wrote the gospel, there, no, there were no chapter divisions. How many know that? And some of the English, English uh, uh, translators, um, sometimes they put the chapter in the wrong place. Now, for instance, verse 30 of chapter 19 is in the context, and just to sort of bring it to your mind, in verse 30, that many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first, and then go down to verse 16 with the parable in between. So the last shall be first, and the first last, for many be cold, but a few are frozen. Uh, no, uh, that's, that's true of some churches. Many are called, but few are chosen. So how many see that it begins with that, and then we have the parable in between, and it ends up with the same language, uh, with just that explanation there, for many be called, but few are chosen. Uh, all right, now... I'll read the parable first of all and just, just let the Holy Spirit quicken the word to you. It's a very peculiar parable and there's so many lessons in it and uh, just with the limited time we have I can only touch on 
about five, four or five of the high spots that I want to bring to your attention tonight. All right, so we'll read it. I'm reading from Old King James here. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, and uh, the margin has the Roman penny, penny is the eighth part of an ounce, which after five shillings, the ounce is seven pence, half, seven, seven and a half pence. How many old enough to remember pounds, shillings, and pence? We used to call it LSD. But you can't say that now, because how many know what LSD is now? Eh? Boy, how generations change. All right, so uh, when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the twelfth hour... Uh, what does it say? Something unusual here. About the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, now we begin with the morning, early in the morning. Now we've come to even. And when evening was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. Now start thinking here, verse 30, Many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. So this parable is to illustrate this peculiar uh, verse here. So call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, that's the last, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, first shall be last, and the last shall be first, but when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he said, uh, he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Take that as thine and go thy way. I will give unto this last even as unto you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last, for many be called, but few are chosen. Now, let me just ask you a question here, and I won't answer the question until the end of the session. How many here tonight are new believers in the Lord in the last, say, year or two years. Why don't you just stand a moment? The new believers in the Lord, new converts. 
Okay, over here to my right. Yes. Yeah, don't, don't be ashamed. You're going to be encouraged by the time we're through, okay? All right, thank you. Praise the Lord. All right, you may be seated. Let's give them a hand. Praise the Lord. Great. Welcome to the kingdom of God. All right, how many have been serving the Lord as long as I have? I accepted the Lord when I was 14 years of age, and that is 50 years ago. How many have been serving the Lord 50 years? Stand up. Wow. John over here, Peter here. We are Pentecostal. Pentecost means 50. How many, how many have been serving the Lord 30 to 40 years? David, Neil, John, great. Way right at the back there. Molly. All right, uh, why do you think I did that? I'll just, uh, we'll look at that by the time we're through. Don't, don't forget to remind me not to forget to remember why I did this. Okay. All right, now we need to sort of get in the context here of the parable. And as I said, I'm only going to be able to touch on the high spots. These parables I'd like to spend two or three nights on, actually, to do them properly. But uh, we just don't have that type of time. There's 66 books of the Bible to get through before Jesus comes. All right, now let's forget chapter 20 there and let's look at the context here. From uh, In chapter 19, verses 16, just glance over it for the moment. In verse 16, we have the rich young ruler coming to Jesus and saying, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Now, he's a rich young ruler. So Jesus went through the commandments and he said, look, I've kept all these things from my youth up, but there's still something lacking. Verse 21 is the key to the rich young man. If you will be perfect, go and sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions, and Jesus didn't chase after him. And he didn't chase after him and say to Peter, quick, run after him and tell him, that he needn't sell all, just give me a love offering and a little donation to the poor, and we'll call it quits. Jesus let him go. What would we have done? All right, now in verse 23, arising out of that, then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man will hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. So it's impossible for men to be saved of themselves, but with God all things are possible. Now, it's dear old Peter again. Then answered Peter and said to him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What are we going to get out of it? That's the modern vernacular. What shall we have therefore? So now, go back to our previous parable, which was in uh, chapter, uh, chapter 18 now. The parable 8, uh, you'll, you'll pick it up in a moment. So parable 8 in chapter 18 
Why was that parable given? Because in verse 21, particularly, Peter, <laughs> you old Peter, I just love him, always opening his mouth and putting his foot in it, both hands at once. And Peter came and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? No, not seven times, but seventy times. Then the kingdom of heaven parable arises out of Peter's question. How many see that? Now, here we have dear old Peter again in chapter 19. Then Peter said, look, master, we're forsaken all. I mean, the poor rich man, you tell him to sell all and, and give it to the poor and come and follow you. And the other gospel says, take up your cross and you just let him go. And then you tell us it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. Well, look, we've given up everything, the fishing boat and everything. I've just given and followed thee. And what are we going to get out of it? So this is dealing with motives here. Now here's the here's the heart of these two parables from last week, and this uh, and and this week. Okay, I'll sort of give you a summary statement, then we'll amplify it. Both parables number eight and nine. Now remember the seven kingdom of heaven parables. They're just short parables, two or three verses, one verse, some of them. But the parables we're looking at now, the the other five. They're all what we call extended parables. The, 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 the seven in Matthew 13 are short parables, one verse, two verse, several verses, some of them. But these are extended parables covering a, a reasonable number of verses. Now, both of these parables, eight and nine, these extended parables, they are dealing with attitudes. Okay, they're dealing with our motive. They're dealing with our attitude. Now, what was the parable about last week? What we were dealing with, the, 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 the fellow servant's attitude to what? To who? To his brother, to a fellow servant. And what was the attitude he should have had? He should have had an, a spirit and attitude of forgiveness. So you see, if we like to put it that way, we would say, okay, parable number eight was attitude of one believer who had been forgiven, who had had compassion on him and been forgiven much, he should have had that same spirit and attitude of forgiveness. So parable 8 is dealing with the spirit and attitude of forgiveness. And uh, a number of you had questions last week, but I hope we cleared that up. So we're talking about the spirit and attitude of forgiveness. Uh, as I said last week, God has forgiveness available for everybody. God always has a spirit and attitude of forgiveness to all mankind, but it's on his terms. There must be repentance, then forgiveness of sins. Okay? We have to maintain a spirit and attitude of forgiveness and always have forgiveness available, have a forgiving spirit and, and forgiving attitude. But see, there's no such thing as some of the books are teaching today, un unconditional forgiveness. See, that is not true. It's bad theology, it's not Bible. God doesn't have unconditional forgiveness. He has forgiveness available and a spirit and attitude of forgiveness available for everybody because Christ died for everybody's sins. But it's not unconditional forgiveness. The Lord says you repent of your sin and when you repent, you'll receive forgiveness. How many can say amen? So we are to do the same. Now I know there's books going out today that is confusing this whole, whole issue and, and bringing people under a, a wrong guilt trip and bringing people under condemnation. I didn't want to do that last week unless you needed to be convicted. 
Holy Spirit convicts, the devil condemns. That's always, you must know the difference between the, the conviction and condemnation. The Holy Spirit never condemns. He convicts. The devil condemns. Okay? So you must understand that. So if you were convicted last week, praise God. If you were condemned last week, give it back to the devil. Okay? So we must always maintain a spirit and attitude of forgiveness. Now, you'll notice that this is between fellow servant and fellow servant on the horizontal, brother and sister, or sisters and sisters, or brothers and brothers, whatever, it's on the horizontal level. So that's parable number eight. Now what we're looking at tonight is parable number nine, and this has to do with our attitude, our spirit and attitude, and our motive towards the Lord of the vineyard. Okay, that's summarizing the difference, okay? So last week's parable is our spirit and attitude of forgiveness, uh, horizontally, brother to brother, sister to sister, or brother to sister, sister to brother, whatever the case may be. Always a spirit and attitude of forgiveness that's horizontal. God has forgiven us much. He's had pity on us and mercy. We must have that same attitude towards others. Okay, now we're dealing with the spirit and attitude towards the Lord, the Lord of the vineyard, because this is not a relational thing to others so much. It's particularly the Lord of the vineyard. How many see that tonight? Okay, so this is what we're looking at. Now, let's, um, we'll, we'll uh, we, the whole of this parable can be taken as applicable in every generation. I'm going to sort of bring it together at the end here, but let's sort of superimpose it in a, in a church history setting to help us here. Now, how many know what this uh, famous line is for? How many know that's an anointed line? That so much hangs on that line. How many know that by now? Well, at least Max does. Thank you, Max. All right, now, in the Old Testament, for the coming of the Lord, as we've seen in these parables of the kingdom, Israel was the Old Testament church, and to Israel was given the kingdom of God as the uh, instruments for the proclamation and demonstration of the kingdom, okay, Old Testament Israel. And here we see that uh, the vineyard in which the Lord wanted fruit was in the nation of Israel. Now, just, we're, we're, I'll, I'll, I have to restrain myself here because there's so much I could, you know, my mind goes in a thousand directions. But... Uh, Let's go over to um, let's go to Isaiah chapter five, and I'll just have to give you a couple of a couple of verses here on that. And uh, so I want you to go to Isaiah chapter five, but let me give you one other uh, passage too from Psalm eighty. Let's turn to Psalm eighty. And then Isaiah chapter 5, okay? Okay, Psalm 80 first, we'll take a few verses from there. And what we're looking at now is Old Testament, Israel, church, kingdom, vineyard, 
and the Lord wanting food. Okay, just touch on the high spots in Psalm 80. Verse 8, thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Who was the vine out of Egypt? We know Israel was. Then we have the history of it in sort of an allegorical form here. But go down to verse 15, uh, 14 and 15. Return, we beseech thee, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and behold and visit this vine and the vineyard which thy right hand hath planted and the branch that thou made strong for thyself. Okay, vine, vineyard, vi vine, vineyard. Just sort of make a mental note of that. All right, now Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5. And for those of you taking down scriptures, you can put down verses 1 through to 7. We'll just read a couple of the verses. Isaiah 5, verses 1 through to 7. So verse 1 says, Now will I sing to my well-beloved, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he tells what he did for it. Then in verse 7 he says, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. Okay, so we have vine, vineyard. Now go over to Matthew chapter 22 where Jesus takes up the same, uh, the same language, the same symbolic language that uh, he gives as a parable and uh, we'll sort of hold that one at the moment but at least pick up something here. All right, so Matthew, what did I say? Uh, Matthew chapter 21, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 21. And again, we'll just touch a couple of verses here. Verse 33, here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard. Now, connected up with what we're reading tonight, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. Okay, here's our connection. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard, heads it round about, and so forth and so forth. Now, when we get down to verse 40 or verse 39, they cast him and they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord therefore the vineyard cometh, what will he do to those husbandmen? And he tells them what he'll do. They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen. Now, we pick it up here so he's going to let out the vineyard to other husbandmen when we come to New Testament now and we come to the New Testament church and the kingdom in the church, the gospel of the kingdom and now the New Testament church is to be, uh, the, uh, to be the proclaimer and demonstrator of the kingdom and now the vineyard is going to be taken from them and given to uh, this holy nation here. That's going to bring forth fruit. That's, that's, the, that's the issue we're talking about. Now, let's just pick up verse 41 again. They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their, due, in their seasons. Then verse 43, Therefore say unto you, The kingdom of God will be taken from you, natural, national, unbelieving Israel, and it will be given to a nation which will bring forth the fruit thereof. Okay. So how many see the picture just briefly there in the Old Testament? Israel was the church, the kingdom, God's vineyard. He wanted fruit. But now it's taken from them. 
given to a nation, the holy nation, the church, which is a demonstration of God's kingdom, and we are to bring forth fruit. All right, now let's go back to our parable, chapter 20. <coughs> so we pick up here, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man. The man is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord, which is a householder. The Lord Jesus is the householder. And he went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. So what he's looking for is laborers. Now, we have some Christians who are laboring in the vineyard and there's some who are just plain idle, doing nothing. So we have two groups of people here, laborers, idle people. We've got a vineyard and, and the Lord's waiting to pick the fruit. So what happens here, we have these peculiar hours of call, especially the last one. So let's sort of superimpose here the calls that we have. <coughs> All right, now Jesus has ministered three and a half years here, we believe. Now he's coming to the close of his ministry. He says, okay, the kingdom, the vineyard's going to be taken from you and it's going to be led out to other husbandmen, other laborers. You in the Old Testament, you failed to bring forth fruit and come seeking fruit and nothing but leaves, but lack of fruit. So the vineyard's taken. Now let's see the calls here. First of all, I'm going to put it after the, after the death, burial and resurrection, early in the morning. So early, and I'm, I'm doing, this can go so many ways, but this is what I want to do tonight. How fast is that clock? Is that clock really right? What, who's got the exact time? Quarter to? Okay. Every time I speak, that seems to go faster. Okay, so in the early morning of this dispensation, okay, in the early morning of this dispensation, there was a call that went out. In the Gospels, in the, in the book of Acts, there was a call. And I'm going to put down, as it was the Hebrew time that we're looking at here, we have the first hour, not mentioned there, but it's implied there, and this was 6 a.m., Hebrew time in the morning, okay? So the first call, early morning. Then later on, three hours later, which was 9 a.m., and this is the third hour of the Hebrew time, reckoning, we have another call. So first of all, we have a call here, and he agrees with this lot for the penny, okay? I'll give you the penny. He's concerned about bringing in the harvest, bringing in the fruit. So now we have another call that goes out. So, 9 a.m., third hour, another call. And he doesn't say, he doesn't agree with these at all. He said, look, go and work in my vineyard. So it's his vineyard. It's wanting fruit. Go and work in my vineyard. And I'll pay you what's right. Now this first lot... Okay, we're going to get a penny. So they have a very mercenary attitude to working in the vineyard of the Lord. What do I get out of it? I've got to get my penny by hook or by crook. Huh? These guys don't ask anything about that. They trusted the Lord of the vineyard. The whole attitude was different, an attitude of trust in the character of the Lord of the vineyard because he just said, go and work in my vineyard 
the fruit and the harvest needs to come in and I'll pay you what's right. Now they could have argued if they'd been in the union we're going to go on strike until we know what our next pay increase is. It's 17.5% loading. I mean, no wonder our country's in a chaos. I better not get onto that one. So, call and totally different attitude here. Now, the next call comes at 12 noon, which was, Hebrew time, the sixth hour. So again, we have a call and the same response here. Go and work in my vineyard. The, 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 the time is passing. In fact, why don't you put up here two scriptures because Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? So from 6 a.m., which would have been to 6 p.m., 12 hours in the day, and John, John 11. Let me just read it to you. John 11. Is everybody understanding me so far? G, uh, John 11, Jesus said, uh, verse 9 and 10, it is, John 11, verse 9 and 10. Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there's no light in him. Twelve hours in the day. So, first hour, third hour, sixth hour, okay, every three hours. Uh, and then, John 9, verse 4, John 9, verse 4, Jesus says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. So we have early morning, now we're coming to the evening, night time, and we've got to get the harvest in. So day, 12 hours, early morning call, 30-hour call, 6-hour call, people idle in the market. Now, next call that we have is the uh, 3 p.m. It's later than we think. And so this is the ninth hour of the Hebrew time. And we have another call and no agreeing on anything, just this last call. call, call. Now, these ones were the first. Remember what it's talking about. What do we get, Alan? We've given up everything. We've given up this. I've given up my good job. I could have had this. Huh? And this really gets to our motive. What do we really serve in the Lord? For what we get out of him? Pie in the sky when we die? Or what? You know, we used to sing those old things. Will there be any stars in my crown? You probably, you know, we sort of think we're going to get to heaven and get our crowns and stagger around with all these stars in our crown and be so top heavy. No, Ralph Mahoney says the only reason we'll get stars in our crown is to do what the 24 elders did, cast our crowns at his feet and fall down and worship him. And we won't get top heavy. How many are with me on that? Probably heard about the three churches on three corners. This church over here was singing, Will There Be Any Stars in My Crown? The other hymn, uh, church was singing the hymn, No, Not One. And the other ch uh, church was singing, Jesus Knows All About Our Troubles. A little bit slow tonight, aren't you? Eh? Or are you thinking? I mean, if, if we had to follow the pattern here, we would have had 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 noon, 3 p.m., and naturally speaking, it should have been this. But instead, 5 p.m., 
at even at the eleventh hour. Now, just anticipating something in, 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 in not the next parable, but the next. At the midnight hour, there was a cry for oil for the virgins. Now, this is not twelve here, this is eleven. All right, what I want you to pick up here is three words I have here. This is an unexpected, unusual, and an urgent call, and it's a final call. So pick up those four words I've got there. So it's an unexpected call. It's an unusual hour out of this. And it's an urgent call, and it's a final call because it's harvest time and it's evening time. The night cometh when no man can work. I must work while it is day. Are there not twelve hours in a day? The night cometh when no man can work. Now, we sing songs about harvest. Do we really believe we're in harvest time? Do we really believe, saints? I'm asking you a question. And see, on our green questionnaire, which we haven't forgotten, but see, one of the things, and as I said before, I hope it was what you felt from outsiders was, oh, the church is getting too big. Eh? It's getting too big. I'd rather go off to a little church where there's just about 25 of us and have a little blessing club. No, there's a harvest out there, saints. And when I said on Sunday morning about 1,500 people, that's pittance to the, to the millions that are going to hell in this city. So when people say to me, Kevin, you're number conscious, I am not number conscious just for numbers' sake. I'm not in the number game but I'm in the souls business because souls are going to hell. So when people just say, I want a little nice church and Waverley's too big and I want to go somewhere else where you can just have a little blessing club, us four, no more, it shows we don't have a burden for the harvest. Okay? And you see, these guys were idle in the marketplace. A lot of Christians are idle. Just being blessed in the marketplace, talking, yeah, it's nice to be in the market today, lovely sunshine. And he says, come on, stop being idle, get into the harvest vineyard out there, fruit. How many understand what I'm saying? Okay, so there's an unusual call, an urgent call, an unusual hour because it's harvest time and the harvest is the end of the age. Now, we'll have to move on quickly. Um, Alright, now let's go to so, so what I'll say on this and then move on here is that uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit today is sending a call throughout the, 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 the nations today to the church that there's an unusual call, there's, an, there's, a, there's a sense of urgency. And there's this whole thing that is, I believe was born by the Spirit of God of a decade of harvest. And, 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 and the true church has picked this up throughout the world. And I believe there's an unusual call, there's an unusual uh, hour and uh, just an urgent call, a sense of finality, cli- uh, climax, end of the age. I mean, that's re- the true church is hearing this. And I believe that we are, in this parable, in the 11th hour. We're coming to even time. We're coming to the close of this dispensation, the end of the age. And all through church history, the, the Lord of the vineyard has called his laborers. Every church revival, harvest, harvest. Harvest, get into the harvest field, don't be idle. And here we are, I believe you and I are living in the 11th hour, the last unusual call. And the thing is, are we idle in the marketplace or are we responding? 
how many want to respond. So I want us to keep these things in mind when we talk about harvest and, uh, and, uh, and so forth. In way. I'm not in the numbers, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm concerned for souls. Can we say amen, please? That's what we're talking about, see? Okay, now... Let's go now to the Lord coming to them now. So, uh, we go down to verse 8 now. So when even was come, uh, Matthew 20 verse 8, So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said to his steward, Okay, we can take this in different ways. We could, we could in this case say that the Lord was the father and we could say the steward of the vineyard is the Son of the Holy Spirit. We could take it in different ways. Uh, it's still consistent with Scripture because each parable has its facet of truth. But the Lord of the vineyard calls the steward and says, okay, to the steward, call the laborers. So now there's a gathering together of the laborers. All the laborers are called together. And now you can guess what's going on in the heart and mind of this lot over here. And what's going on in the heart and mind of the, this, this lot that responded at the end, the last. This is the last here. This is the first. And they think, oh, pay time. The stewards come and all the labors are being called again. There's coming a time when the Lord will call all the labors together. And you would think that uh, last on, first off. Funny how the unions do this sometimes. Last on, last employed, first off. So the last become first. Is that right? <laughs> how many have ever experienced that? And then the first of the last will be put off because it depends what union in. How many glad you're in John 15's union? I'm the vine, you're the branches. That's the union I'm in. There's life in that one. All right. So, instead of beginning at the first, he begins at the last. So, we start to pick up at least the interpretation of this. So, the first will be last. So, these were the first on, and then the last, who will receive the penny? But the last become first. So he begins to give the last, those who responded to the last, he begins to give them the penny first. Now, I, I just can't rush and, and just in a one minute say what I mean about the penny. So can you come back next week for this exciting episode? How many have understood what I've said so far? Okay, think about it. How many know what the penny is? You think you're the penny? No. Now come back next week. So don't don't re, uh, don't forget to remind me not to forget to remember what I asked you to stand for because I haven't get, forgotten it. Let's uh, stand up. Our time's gone. Well, I hope you got this lesson tonight. That if you're idle, you need to get into the vineyard because it's harvest time. Amen. Let's uh, close in prayer then.
Don't forget mothers and fathers, if you've got children, don't let them be running out now in the, in the car and the parking there because it's getting a bit dark and people backing out don't always see them and we don't want any accidents, all right? Father, we just uh, bring the word that we've shared in this parable so far. We pray that the Holy Spirit will make it so real to our hearts. We realize, Lord, that we are living in an unusual hour and that there's an unusual call of the Holy Spirit that's going throughout the world into the church. And so many of your laborers are in the marketplace idle. Help us, Lord, not to be idle in Waverley Christian Fellowship, but to be busy in your vineyard so that we'll have fruit to lay at your feet when you come. Help us, Lord, and just seal these words to our hearts and let your blessing be upon us now until we gather again in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. We'll pick this up next week. But I'd like you to think about the penny between now and next week. God bless you real good. Shake hands with each other. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.